Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your books. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, founder of the author incubator, Dr. Angela Loria. Well, hey, everybody. We are back at Book Journeys Radio, another week and another book journey. And I know that you are going to love today's story. Um, Emily Schwanevelt is the author of a book called Journey to Authenticity. And it's actually it's an interesting um, it's an interesting story because I know a lot of you have thought about creating a book of quotes. And that's really what Emily has done with Journey to Authenticity is she's assembled um, she's assembled quotes and really curated a collection. So it's a different way to go about becoming an author. So I know it's going to be an interesting story for you. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited to, to be here today. Um, we're going to talk to Emily about her journey and we'll talk about quote books in general and how you can use them, um, and and we'll see uh, some of the ways that um, Emily faced obstacles and got through them on her book journey. Um, and so I'm going to welcome her today. Emily, thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Angela. I'm excited to be here, too. Awesome. So Journey to Authenticity is uh, 365 quotes. Why don't you talk about how you came to curate them and create that book? Okay. Um, it actually came to me in a dream. I saw my book on, on an end table and it came very frequently. And then finally I just woke up with the idea that um, I should look through a bunch of my old um, journals and books and letters and cards and just had a lot of fun doing that and just thought, how cool would it be to have all of my favorite um, quotes um, from all the people that Depending on what point in my life, these are the little kind of bite-sized versions or just like the little pieces of wisdom that helped me get through some really tough times in my life and some really good times in my life. It, you know, it's definitely a up-and-down battle, roller coaster. But there's something about each one of these quotes that resonated with my heart and that um, and allowed me to go um, deeper within myself as far as figuring out who I was and what I wanted to do in this world, so... They're pretty important. (laughs) Why do you think that you wanted to call it Journey to Authenticity? And it was actually, I I have some inside scoop here because I was a part of this office. It was originally called My Journey to Authenticity. So how Mm -hmm. do you think quotes played a role in your journey to authenticity, and and why is this the title of your book? Um, The Journey to Authenticity, I believe, is what we're all here to do. Um, I believe that we come in here and um, everybody, um, for this person and this little baby, then everybody um, implants their ideas and their beliefs and they're um, on us, and so we kind of get all covered up. And so once we reach adulthood, I I feel like it's a process of taking off all the layers of all the things that other people said we were. And so I believe the journey to authenticity is just us coming back to ourselves and to our home. Which is really, our, which is really us in the first place. So it's like our whole life of 
uncovering all the layers. <laughs> and the quotes, for some reason, for me, they just hit home, and they're very, they're very clear, they're very simple, and they're very precise. And usually quotes are um, what something, someone, I guess a lot, they've been around for a while, not necessarily, but for the most part, it's just like if I could tell you one thing before I die, and mm-hmm. this is this little nugget that's going to change your whole world and open up your eyes wide, I feel like that's what quotes do for me. And so that's I why. love that. <laughs> I, I think I feel the same way. And I think that's why, like, Pinterest um, and, mm-hmm. like, all Instagram and, like, the memes, I think that's why they're so popular is, like, you can capture so much in a quote. Yeah. Well, and the simplicity of it. And it's so clear. I feel like we are bombarded by a million different messages and distractions all day long. But for whatever reason, quotes seem to be um, – it gets it clears out all the distractions and the clutter. And for me, I read one every morning, and that's what I do for um, my meditations or um, just to center myself in the morning to have peace. And I just read the one, not necessarily corresponding to that day. There is 365, and they um, you can pick the one for each day if you want, but I usually just open it up and just whatever is the one that I open up to is – what the message that I needed to hear that day and just how I can apply mm. it to my life. And so that's kind of how I, I totally do that <laughs> too. I totally use your book as a divination tool. <laughs> and it's so um, right on every time. So I don't know. It's uh, crazy. so perfect. <laughs> yeah. So you guys can find Journey to Authenticity at Amazon. Um, and you can find more about Emily at Emily's Joy Coaching. Uh, emilysjoycoaching.com if you want to follow along and, and get more connected to Emily. So talking about the process of becoming an author, is there anything that you wish you knew before you wrote your book? Um, yeah. The, what I wish I knew before I wrote the book was, um, I think everyone always has the idea that, oh, how cool would it be to write a book and then have it out there and then it's going to sell a ton of copies and change a bunch of people's lives which is all really cool, but and those are fun goals. And to know that you um, you had an imprint on and that your your life mattered, I feel like that's kind of what we're all essentially, our goals are, um, they all kind of have an underlining meaning. It's always like that my life mattered and that, um, that I made an impact in this world. And so the dreams and goals, they come, not well, to me it's in dreams, but it can be just during the day as well. But writing the book was the was the actual golden nugget, or which was the actual ticket. Mm. I think most people think if it's a multi, you know, um, you know, uh, you sold a million copies and now you're famous and you know this and that. You know, I mean, it was because I think there's a big draw to be really successful, which is awesome. But for me, the book was um, the process of what as the person I um, when I chose to decide that, hey, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make this goal, and I'm going to do this book. And I didn't care about the end result anymore. That wasn't part of it. But the process of putting myself in the seat and falling in love with the process, that's that's the that's the, the lottery or the golden nugget is actually just mm-hmm. writing it. Because writing it centered me to know what was going on in my life. It centered me back to me. I guess it's the home. It's the process of writing and dialoguing and finding out why these experiences are coming in your life and what they mean. Yeah. So the goal, so the goals and dreams are cool, but it's the person that you become while you're doing it. 
does that make sense? Yeah, and so you mentioned that when you got the idea for your book that it actually sort of came to you in a dream, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> how do you think that you um how do you think you drew the line from that dream or that vision um to to your actual to creating it, to making it real? How did you focus on you know, figure out what to focus on. How did you pick the topic and kind of turn that idea or that dream into something real? It just kept being really consistent, um, that idea in my head that it would be really cool to have this all in one place for me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so, so I wouldn't have to look through all of my books and all of my journals and my cards, my letters I actually have. So, so for basically, that's why. So I, I fell in love with the process of finding all the stuff. And finding all the quotes, but it was, but it was, uh, um, that's what centered me is like to say that I could actually, um, I don't know that, that what, after I had actually, it's more when I talked to you and I told you the idea and you loved it and you believed in it before I believed in it and you believed in me <laughs> before I believed in myself. Like, holy shit, I can really do this. Like, she's really on board with this. And then it was just like, that's what was, well, let's do this. And then just falling in love with the process. And, and so, really what about along the way? I know you weren't you weren't writing, you know, traditional, um, mm-hmm. you know, long form paragraphs. Um, but did you True. run into obstacles or anything like writer's block in this process? Oh yeah, when when I had to write the forward. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had to write my own like, my my own experience. Um, there's something about um, telling your that's so vulnerable about telling your own story, and so that I probably that was probably my biggest writer's block. But um, I loved the quote so much, and I was so in love with the bigger yes inside. Like I had already said yes to the goal, to the dream, and so it just kind of overrode that. Yeah. So I mean, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of. And it is a matter of putting your butt in the seat and actually doing it. Because for me, you you and I know both know that I had to get permission for everyone in the quotes. And so mine, yeah, my, process, <laughs> yeah, my process of writing the book was lovely and joyful. And working with your team was just nothing but joy. I just want to make sure everyone knows that. I want to clarify that. Angela, I called for my book angel. There is a reason why. Because I literally believe you are an angel. And you... Yeah. Um, the books that you put out in the world. Sorry. Hmm. I'm honored to be um, among them. Oh, I love that. Well, your book is always so special to me because it is such a beautiful book and the quotes are so powerful that um, it's always my favorite gift to give to you know, new clients or authors thinking of working with us because it looks so gorgeous, but quotes like there's nobody that wouldn't love this collection. And it's just something so different from the other books we do. So I love having your your book. It's right on my altar, on my book, off, on my book altar, right next to the beautiful painting that I have um, that I created. And that's, for what, that's so crazy that you even say that. To me, it's still mind-blowing. Like you said, it's, I'm so humbled such a privilege that, love it. that, that um, yeah, that these mean so much to me and that they touch other people's lives. It's pretty amazing. 
So one of the things um, for me, and you've touched on this a little, but I just want to go a little bit deeper, is there's kind of two things I think that come out of having a book. So there are some ways that you can reach the world with a book. There are probably emails you've gotten from people about people's lives you affected. So there's the external stuff, and I want to talk about that in a minute. But there's also an internal change that happens. So I talk about how the clients that we work with when we come when they come in, I call them authors in transformation because I believe mm-hmm. once they sign up to work with us, they're already an author. They're as much of an author as a caterpillar is a butterfly. Or it's going to happen. We, we've got we've got to <laughs> you know walk through the muck a little bit, but it's going to happen. And then something happens when your book comes out. So I want you to talk a, bit, a little bit about like. What changed for you personally just from the inside when your book was published? Um, From the inside, um, that's like, I guess, the forward to the book where it was, first of all, I I chose to focus on what was good in my life. So when I, in the process of writing this book, I actually had went through a pretty big trans transition my husband had just accepted a position in another town and so we moved away from the only home we'd ever known so literally the carpet was ripped out up from underneath me <laughs> so my mm-hmm. entire support system my entire support system was removed and so I only um, had myself and him and my kids as you know as far as um, the love and support even though my friends were only phone call away they weren't physically with me but what changed me personally is for the first time in my life, I didn't have all of those people in my life that I was taking care of them. And I have been raised a caretaker my whole life. And so this was the first time in my life that I actually could take care of myself. And um, so basically, I for the first time I had, <laughs> I worked full time since I was 14 and, you know, was raised in a big family. And so now I just had me and my husband and my three kids, but more importantly, I just had me. So I had an hour to two, three hours every day to do whatever I wanted to do. And it was like I just won the lottery or just retired because I was like, holy crap, what can I do today? <laughs> so I started watching Harry Potter movies, <laughs> which are magical to me. And then I would run with my dog. Or I know it sounds simple, but I mean, I would just start the first time I started taking care of me. And so, and that's where I feel like that's my mission is to um, teach um, specifically women because we're all raised to take care of others and put everyone else's needs and happiness before our own. And so, and then we become exhausted, depleted, and overwhelmed, and basically we get, that's why everyone is sick, and that's all the stress and all the immune diseases is because we keep giving ourselves up for others, and we keep abandoning abandoning ourselves, which I didn't know mm-hmm. that's what I was doing when I was taking care of others. And now I feel like my, um, the book has taught me to love myself, which was interesting, and therefore now I feel like my mission in life is to teach women to take care of themselves the way they take care of their family and friends. So they become wow um, the yeah, caretaker, but for themselves instead of the, what we're so yes. good at, right? Yeah, and it's really, it really is so simple. Like, But this is what connected me to my inner wisdom and to my little girl inside. And it was, you know, like you said, it was watching movies or um, going to coffee with friends or going to lunch. So like if I finally had this three-hour window where I could actually um, feel my own will and take care of mm-hmm. myself, 
And I think we've all been taught the wrong way. We've all been taking care of others at the expense of ourselves. And it's like the cart before the horse and it doesn't work. I just want to be... Right, it's why they always tell you on the plane to uh, put the oxygen over your own nose and mouth first. Yes. You know, it's like our instinct (laughs) would be to get that on our kids. But if you pass out in the Mm -hmm. middle of it, it's really Mm -hmm. not helping anyone. So, yeah. Exactly. So that's what my mission now is to to teach all the caretakers to take care of themselves first. Invest in you. You are your best investment. And um, the more you um, make time for yourself and care for yourself, beautiful things come from there, like writing a book. Because <laughs> if I and wouldn't I have had one that of the one I of the have... excuses that people that I I say the word excuses and um, that sounds negative, but I sort of mean it that way. One of the reasons mm-hmm. that people tell me they can't write their book is. Um, that they're that they're so busy that they're a mom and they've got kids and they're running around and they're doing all these things. So mm-hmm. there's going to be this day in the future when they're not busy. And um, I think if there's anybody who found understands, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was going to say because you've got, got a couple of kids over there, right? How, how many kids mm-hmm. do you have? Five. Um, I have three. And actually, this year was probably our biggest year because my daughter was a senior. So, yeah, it was a zoo. I keep waiting for the zoo not to be a zoo, but it is. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, I think, is making that decision to stop waiting has mm-hmm. a big well, impact because your book gets done, but it also has a big impact because you realize that you're you're the one who needed to change. It wasn't the external. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that you needed to get more time. You needed to show mm-hmm. up for yourself. And I needed to make myself a priority, and I needed to make my own well-being a priority. And when I did that, my priorities actually shifted to where I actually can give more to the world and to my spouse and to my kids. And so that's the that's the biggest turnaround that I can, if I can teach anyone. Right now, time is just the, you know, your calendar, right? Whatever you say is important gets in the calendar first, right? So magically mm-hmm. those things get so magically those things get done. Yes. <laughs> yes. And if you don't put them in the calendar, something else always takes its place. So I just feel right. our whole life is just a bunch of little tiny little choices, right? And for you and for me and for all the ter- caretakers in the world, just stop the line in the sand is today. I'm going to care for myself and I'm going to make myself my own well-being a priority, and then just ask every day all day, what's the kindest thing I can do for myself? And your relationship mm-hmm. to yourself is the most important relationship you will ever have in your life. And it is actually the biggest return on your investment you will ever have. Now, if you'd have told mm-hmm. me that five years ago, I'd say you were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but today it's like Yeah, it just proof. seems like that you're going to invest in yourself once you do all the other things you have to do. You know, I gotta do some yeah. stuff for my husband. I gotta do some stuff for the house. I gotta do some stuff for work. Mm-hmm. I gotta do some stuff for kids. Mm-hmm. The me stuff is the extra stuff. That's whatever I have left over. The little crumbs. That's what I'll give myself. Yeah, yeah. I baked pies for everybody, and I gave myself the crumbs. And then I finally ran out of crumbs, sissy. <laughs> and I actually <laughs> exhausted, overwhelmed, and that's actually where all the sickness comes from. From for everyone too. I want everyone to really realize this as a mom. Like you said, the oxygen mask, You, if you pass out, you literally won't be able to take care of your kids. So 
that's where this is where it's so we're all so far clear on the other end of the scale. It's not even about the chromes. It's actually you need to um, everything um, writes itself if you actually take care of yourself first. But you can't mm-hmm. know that until you actually do it. But it's really easy once you say I'm a priority. And you're mm-hmm. going to get a lot of um, negative feedback when you do that, just so you know. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to say, it's really easy once you, yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone in your life, but you, we kind of have all these unwritten rules that, you know, I'm your you know caretaker and you are mine, correct? You know, I mean, that's just kind of how our relationships are, but it's a parent-child relationship. I feel like mm-hmm. women... Once we realize where we've given all of our power away, and then we um, it, we take our power back, because our, I mean I don't know about you, but your husband and your kids and everyone else do they really um, can are, can they help give you your happiness? I mean, can they? And here's the thing: is they don't have access to that. Our feelings mm-hmm. and our priority are 100% our responsibility, and that's yeah. No, I tried sure the other way. Doesn't work uh-huh. as well as I might have hoped. Like, I would like other people to be responsible for my happiness, but sadly, it seems to fail. <laughs> well, I did that for a lot of years, and it doesn't work. But you can, you, I mean, you know, you don't have to, you can just, but I really think really for everyone, once we start taking, here's the thing, what if we lived in a world where everybody woke up and their priority was taking loving care of themselves? So we each mm-hmm. took the time to fill our own wells until it was so full that it's overflowing. So all we have is happiness and love to share with others. Yeah. I mean, what type of world would we live in if that actually was the case? I mean, that's pretty yeah. cool, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, and, and think so about your many other kiddos. things seem to get in the way. Mm-hmm. You know, we make yeah. so many other things a priority over that, so... Well, and I think it's just the beliefs that we've been given. And I feel as women, we're here to heal um, not only our um, beliefs that are um, true and that aren't serving us, but I believe we're healing the ones from our mothers and our mothers before them. And that, you know, it's a generation and generations of, but it's also a forward movement too, right? Like we're not passing those, Mm. um, because we're leading by example. I'm showing my daughters that um, my well-being and my, are a priority in my life. And so, therefore, they will be able to make, you know, just lead by example. They'll make their well-being a priority in their life. And so it's just that ripple effect forward. And so yeah. we don't have a bunch of little kids running around and, hey, why doesn't everybody take care of me? I feel like every, all the adults in the world. <laughs> right. Well, and all the, all the little entitled little kids, right? I mean, they're like, Mom, you need to do everything for me, right? But then everyone's in victim mode. No one can, and here's the thing. You want to empower yourself, but empower your children. So what? They know how to make themselves happy, and they know what they need to do to take loving care of themselves. It's not, they're not dependent on anyone else. Don't you Mm -hmm. feel like that's our job as mothers? I mean, what a beautiful thing to teach, to teach our children, because they will be adults, right? We won't, I mean, that's probably my biggest biggest hang up because um, when you're home with them you do everything for them because you can <laughs> or you feel like or you love to, my biggest thing is not to not nurture and care for others because that's so much my nature and it's so much of who I am for me to physically stop doing that it's kind of goes against my nature 
Mm. That's why. Yeah, but I think that's true too. But when you look like in the animal kingdom, like the mama bears, um, they feed the babies as long as um, until they're capable of actually fending for themselves. And all of the humans are the only ones where we have all these moms that are still doing everything for their adult children that they, you know, and that's why these kids are always dependent on their parents. And your parents, the kids will always, you will like, you'll have your kids forever unless you, it's kind of like, what is that saying where if you teach a child um, the right way or the way, then they'll, um, or I can't remember, I totally lost it. Like the teacher man fish. (laughs) Right. And yeah, teach them to, yeah, that's just right. analogy. Like, I can make your fish every single day or I can teach you how to fish. And I feel like our yeah. whole um, job here is, um, I feel like we've, we've all of us have learned to take care of others, but none of us have learned actually how to take care of ourselves. Right. So that's where, that's where I, I feel like all, as mothers, our balance is all, that's why wells are empty and that's why everything is, um, well, we're at such a negative, and so now we have to really turn away from the world. And I promise the kids will be okay. I promise the husband yeah. will be okay. I promise all your family will be okay. They might be upset for a little while, but it will, um, if you tell them that um, my health is a priority, my well-being is a priority, and I'm learning to take care of myself a little bit better, I think most people are pretty understanding. <laughs> yeah. You have to be clear about it first, though. I think the problem is when we go back and forth, when we say I want to take care of myself, but I also want to keep getting the payoff of taking care of you. I want to keep getting the pat on the back and having the comfort of feeling like you need me. So until we're clear, (laughs) it's hard for people to follow us when we're sending mixed messages. Well, and actually, I think it's when someone, one of my um, coaches actually said, um, you taking care of everyone, um, I never realized that I was abandoning myself and rejecting myself. By saying yes to them, I'm saying no to me. That was a pretty big revelation, mm. I thought. That was mm. pretty powerful. I mean, just just the logic of that. I mean, but as for, you know, parents, looking at their children, you don't want to model that for your child. <laughs> You right. don't want to give yourself up for, but and so that's for me. It was just like, oh, you, well, the biggest, most profound thing is when I started investing more in myself, that I actually had more to give, but that I wasn't an either or. It's not like, hey, I'm not going to take care of you guys today, at, you know, ever ever again. It's just that I need to start taking more care of myself, so the balance is a little bit better. And then when I fill myself up even more, then I even have more to help. But there's a not at the expense of me. That was interesting because I had done that well for my whole life. It was always at the expense yep. of my own happiness. Yeah, and it, I it, love it. it doesn't it doesn't end well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well there like, is a happy movie, ending. On it does not end well. It does so not end well can, when you you're a victim. It does not work. About, you can learn more about Emily Schwanevelt. Um, her book is Journey to Authenticity, but if you go to Emily's Joy Coaching, um, you can actually sign up for some free tips on how to start investing in yourself and, and get in touch with, with Emily that you can work with her and be connected um, to her through her blog and her other writing and make sure you pick up a copy of her book. So, Emily, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. It's a privilege and an honor. Thank you so much. I love you. Good awesome. Mwah. I love you too. So if you are, <laughs> if you are not as, 
<laughs> if you are not as fortunate as Emily to have your book um, appear to you in your dreams, which is a lovely luxury, and if you're trying to figure out what your book topic should be, I'm going to encourage you to head over to pageuppodcast.com. That's pageuppodcast.com. That's our how-to podcast for Authors of Transformation. And this week we're talking about how to choose your book topic. So it's episode number 12. Go ahead and listen to that episode. If you like what you hear, you can be a subscriber and you will learn um, lots of the tips and techniques that we use with our authors here at Difference Press. Um, we will be back next week with another book journey. Um, and I love sharing these stories with you because there is no right way to get your book done. If anybody tells you that, don't listen to them. The only journey is your journey, and that is the perfect book journey. And that's why we come back every week um, to share how these books are changing the world. And that's our motto here is all about changing the world one book at a time. So we'll be back next week. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.